Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. is proud to present Beer Radio that turns ordinary homebrew into award-winning beer. The Jameel Show. And now, your hosts, Jameel Zanashef and John Fleece. Ho, 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 my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hey, howdy, hey. It's ho, ho, ho. I'm getting in the holiday oh, yeah, spirit. Here comes Santa Claus. Okay, there you go. <laughs> going to get a Bruin Classic Styles book in your stocking. That's right. Yeah. Everybody order Brewing Classic Styles for for the holidays. You get that on the Brewing Network store. There you go. Well, maybe not right now. Not anymore. One day, though. Keep telling Justin to add it back to the store. But... That no one has any for me. <laughs> Because John Boy over there is going to sell them all this uh, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, this Saturday. Go down to uh, Beer, Beer, More Beer, Concord, and and get the uh, Brewing Classic Styles. Meet them in person. Jay-Z, John Palmer in person. Share your homebrew. There you go. That's perfect. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Well, and uh, and you can... Uh, you know, support your uh, local homebrew shop, whatever whatever that may be. I know uh, I've seen some uh, homebrew shops; they've got it online already. It's it's in their their stores, and you know, if you've got a homebrew shop locally to you, and uh, you know, they've been supporting you with advice and uh, you know, good ingredients, and you know, they're open for you. You know, all those days of the week when you go down there and you're you're desperate because your yeast didn't start and you need another vial of yeast. Well, you darn well better be buying stuff from that shop. There you go. You know, regardless of what price you can get it for elsewhere, you know, if you can save a dollar elsewhere, I tell you, you should be buying it from your homebrew shop, anyways, and uh, supporting those guys because uh, you know they do a lot to uh, you know keep homebrew going. So uh, don't 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 yeah. slight your homebrew shop. Uh, and as a matter of fact, you know, uh, Northern Brewer. Yeah, no, they are the sponsors of this show, and uh, I'll tell you, if Northern Brewers your your homebrew shop, you ought to be supporting them. Uh, you know, sure don't did. be buying it from from elsewhere; buy it from them. There you go. You know, help out help out your homebrew shop because you know when you you know you know when you when you shop just on price, that's that's not the best best thing to no. do. You know, and you just, it's worth your dollar to invest yeah. for great, extra great bucks ingredients here or there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, fresh yeast, just just having having that resource and. Getting more people to brew. Anyways, True I don't want to be. I just had a random thought, just kind of looking <laughs> at your book here. Yeah, yeah. Like how good it is. Well, I've read it, most of it already. Oh wow! Um, but speed um, reader. I imagine myself third or fourth grade, you know, as a kid, <laughs> yeah. and then my teacher handing this as part of my reading. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, with the history book, I don't know. It's a it's I a pretty hefty book. It is a hefty book. Three hundred and seventeen pages in that bad boy. Yeah. Damn, you were up a lot of nights, and that's that's like all text. There are hardly any pictures in that thing. None of you, right? 
No, oh. no, thank goodness. <laughs> Darn. Yeah, there's there's some, gonna, there's some quality work in there. I know. John perfect. and I worked pretty hard on that bad boy. Yeah. It's a great reference book. I'm I'm excited thank for you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, as you can see, my notes for the show, what I, have I got here? It's your book. Yeah, exactly. That's why you did it. <laughs> yeah, I did. You don't want your laptop with you anymore. You exactly. Your book. Yeah, and I, I used to have to print out stuff. Yeah. And I'd have all those printouts with me for the show. Yeah. Now I just bring the, the book. Yeah, that's all you need. That's pretty cool. Shoot, they should just hand us out like all the judging. Well, and like, like here you go. Like I was telling you before, if like my house burns down and like all my computers go down with it and book. all my recipes are gone, I can just like go to the publisher and like buy a copy of the book. I get like you know, yeah. uh, uh, Northern Brewer and and buy a copy of the book and I got all my recipes back. <laughs> it's pretty Perfect. sweet. Yeah, that is sweet. It's the ultimate backup for my recipes. Yeah, that is the ultimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it it just dawned on me like halfway through. I'm like, plus oh ten, man, this is great. Plus thousands of people have it too. So. Yeah, yeah, I could just like borrow somebody's copy of the book. Like, hey, can I <laughs> ask for a recipe? It's perfect. It is, Damn isn't it. it? Isn't it? I want. I'm, I'm going to write myself a book. <laughs> yeah. For myself. About uh, about me. <laughs> just my own recipes <laughs> and bury it. Oh, and your recipes. There right. you go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a good idea for anybody. Yeah. Even a PC required. <laughs> no PC required. No political correctness required. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, it's amazing like what one show can do when yeah. you drink beer through it. Right. And when you right. get to the second show, well, I think you if, start to if feel the buzz. Tasty McDole had not shown up, With tasty we'd beer? be far more sober at this point, at this stage yeah. of the game. Yeah, thanks, McDole. Well, I can't get in here unless I bring beer. Now, what do you want? And how do you want it here? I want the beer. Well, then, okay. Okay, so... You cannot drink it. So, in other in other words, he's, what he's not saying is, stop your sniveling, shut up, go on with the show. There you go. Justin's nodding over there. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, wants man. me to bring the beer, so don't like screw up his deal. I'm in full agreement. A. McDowell's not allowed in the house without beer, right. <laughs> as if he ever shows up without it. True. B. Jamil is much more personable after a couple of them. <laughs> True. <laughs> and uh, so, and C. Everything that he didn't say is absolutely true. Quit your sniveling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, I, I, get, I, get, I get no love here except from John. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a lot, a whole lot of love. That's right. <laughs> See, it's you and me against the world, buddy. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Gilligan and, and uh, you know, the skipper. Skipper. Which one are you? He's the skipper. I'm the skipper. Oh. <laughs> I need you ask. <laughs> Look at the two of us side by side. Who's who's going to be the skipper? Who's going to be Gilligan? Yeah, and big shiny red shirt on. Uh, three. Justin hour and JP tour. on both sides. That'd be hot. Yeah, three hour tour, three hour show. That's Coincidence? Right. I think yeah, not. There you go. All right, so uh, Dortmunder, 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 Dortmunder. Yes, uh, we're going to talk about Dortmunder export today. Yeah, we are. We got Tasty McDole here. Why don't you, uh, John? You want to like uh, knock out the uh, what the hell it is? And yeah, give us give us a rundown on on what this uh, beer should be about. Okay. Well, Dormander Export. <laughs> it sounds like I'm getting my notes together. Thanks, Mike. Um, in the aroma, um, definitely a low to medium noble hop coming through. Um, some hints of sulfur. Uh, low notes of DMS is okay. It's acceptable. Um, that's the corn aroma. Um, some grainy to sweet malt aroma, uh, usually from a large quantity of German Pils malt. Uh, visually, it's light to deep golden color and clear um, with a frothy white head. And 
like a typical light lager. So uh, overall flavor, it's um, a balanced base beer, and I think the key word is balanced. It's not too hop forward. It's not too malt forward. It's a higher gravity uh, light lager, so you definitely want it to be balanced on both ends. Um, and a touch of sweetness and a crispy finish is definitely important with this style. Um, overall, has the malt profile of a Hellas, a hop character of a Pilsner, but like I said, it's higher gravity and you, some mineral content's okay. Higher sulfates kind of accentuate the bitterness or maltiness on both ends. So, other it seems like a high gravity malty light lager to me is Dortmund Rexport. So, and I'm sure you could drink a lot of this if you really wanted to because it's got the best of both worlds. <laughs> Have you had any good uh, commercial examples? Well. I've been drinking this cheap Dutch beer <laughs> from uh, Trader Joe's. It's five dollars a six pack. I brew beer and I still buy this beer. It's so five. It's a good example of a cheap Dutch beer, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it. How about it, Dortmund Export? Anything to do with that? Or? No, it's nothing cheap with the style, but it it has. It's by Peter Brands. You can get it for five dollars, four ninety nine at your local Trader Joe's. Yeah, and it's it's an imported lager. And they're beer. big old tall boy cans. Yeah, sixteen point nine fluid ounces, um, but it doesn't really have any. More than hops, more than hop. But this, it's just really overall. It's, I think this is a multi over round. Well, I, I, I think you're, I think you're close on that. I think it's actually, uh, you know, it remi- reminds me very much of uh, of a of a Dutch lager, like a uh, like kind of like a Heineken. Yeah, you know, like a like a Heineken in a can, not not that green glass crap Heineken, Which is, yeah, but but good. a good Heineken, right? The real Pilsner maltiness, and then. Uh, you know, but this has got a little more hop bitterness to it. It does, and I think that's what's kind of keying you into uh, uh, being more like a Dortmunder than uh, like a like a Dutch lager, right? So I think it's a a bolder Dutch lager, which makes it more similar to a uh, to a Dortmunder. Okay, right? Sure. I mean, th- does it have the maltiness and the hop characters? Are you saying that a Dortmunder has or? I think uh you know on one end of the scale yeah I think I think I think it could. I think it's kind of like on the smaller end of of the Dortmunder scale. Okay. Uh a little more restrained Dortmunder type of type of beer. Sure. And then uh I think uh you know, if you go with McDowell's uh beer it's kind of on the upper end of the scale a little more. It's a it's a bigger, maltier, uh more bitter uh beer with a with a with a good good balance. So his is definitely more Hop forward, you say? Or well, it's got to be. It's yeah, got to have yeah. more hops because it's got more malt. Sure. No, it's pretty balanced. Yeah. Right. And and it's still real balanced. And and that's I think that's the real key to Dortmunder, is um, uh, in the past I think there was uh, more emphasis on kind of a harsh minerally bitterness, and people were making Dortmunders with really bitter and uh, and kind of a harshness to it. Hmm. And I think that uh, that was one of the focus of the uh, of the style guide at the time. And uh, the uh, Gordons kind of recast the the wording on that to kind of. Uh, you know, uh, subdue that, and there's a upcoming style guide uh, revision, and nice. and it and it really kind of de-emphasizes that and talks more about the the balance and kind of being firm right. in the maltiness, firm in the in the bitterness, and uh, being of a balance. Hmm. And see, this is not that, you know, it's not over the top, not that right. forward right. a beer. And and I think uh, so. Again, I think it's, it would be maybe on the smaller end of the style. It's a nice beer. I think it's. I think uh, you know for that price. Uh, you I'd know, buy six pack. It, it's pretty darn good, especially uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good hot weather uh, beer too. Oh yeah. Hmm. 
I'm going to pour some more here. Hold on. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, McDole now, now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Well, okay. You are the Pope, so I have to be careful with my words here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Correct me with respect. Yes. Uh, no, we were, we were trying beers, uh, before entering the, uh, the Nationals, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. Right. And, uh, you had what, uh, was intended to come out as a Kolsch. And, uh, and I tasted that and I thought, nah, not a Kolsch. And I said, uh, you know, you ought to enter that as a Dortmunder, cause that's a killer Dortmunder. Uh, you know, that was you know, one of the best Dortmunders I think I've ever had. <laughs> and uh, how did you do that year with the Dortmund? Did it did it, 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 did it place? That must have been the year it placed as a uh, fruit beer. Yeah, it was a Dortmunder right. export. Well, it placed in the first round, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, uh, it placed it placed as a as both a uh, Dortmunder and as a fruit beer too. Yeah, so yeah. When, it, when, it, when it placed in the second round as a fruit beer. Yeah, got a gold and fr- as a fruit beer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first gold. Uh, <laughs> nice. Was that was oh six, right? Yeah, in, oh, oh, in, uh, in Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that that I thought that that was one of the best Dortmunders I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. It didn't do that well as a Kolsch, but uh, the, your yeah. renaming uh, certainly yeah, affected the quality of my beer. A, way yeah. too bold as a Kolsch. Oh yeah. It was yeah. too bitter, too malty, too big. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, it didn't have that light crispness to it right. that a Kolsch mm. would have, and that's what kind of keyed me in on that. And, you know, I was kind of excited because that was, you know, perhaps the best Dortmund ever, I've ever, ever had. Wow. And and I know, Mike, you had been drinking that beer for a while. Like, I don't know what the injury this has. And well, you know, it did, like, it did okay as a cold, surely. I mean, it had won some uh, competitions. Not like best of show, of course. Sure, but but okay. at least some ribbons as a, as a cold. And it still does. I still sometimes enter it as a cold if I think it's a little bit lighter or something like that. Mm-hmm. But... um yeah, it's just it's been phenomenal as a Dortmunder. It's won lots of the regional competitions that I enter around here. Mm-hmm. And uh, either as a fruit beer or as a native Dortmunder, it scored, it placed in the last uh, three national competitions. Wow. Oh, you want more beer? Hold on a second here, Jamil. I was hoping for some, oh, McDole's, some McDole's, uh, Dortmunder. Dortmunder. Well, yeah. you know, I really don't have any Dortmunder online right now, and I reached into my uh, back of my fridge there and pulled out some 22s of some, like, how old? Six month old and one year old Dortmunders, and uh, if you're interested in having a Heineken, this one over here would. Uh, well, let me let me see. Your, your one year, your one year old. Let well, me, I'm going to give you the, the here's the oldest one. Yeah, right, that's a Heineken. The oldest. Oh, this one. is I more wanna, like a beer flaw class. Yeah, I want to see beer how flock. your 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 bottling technique holds up over time. Yeah, straight from the tap, right? Well, mm-hmm. fortunately, these competitions they don't like you know sit on them a long time, so I I, I don't know if it hold up over time. Yeah, I think I think. Uh, no, I don't you, make you, you can't make it. You can't make a summary <laughs> judgment here. But I think you and Rodney, I think your yeah. your technique is fine for for the short term, but uh, long term, I think I think you might run into some well, some issues. Exactly where I mean, I'm flushing the bottles with CO two. I think it's past its prime. Yeah, well, I thought that too. I mean, you guys asked to have. I mean, I have it over here sequestered. It's like a, it's in quarantine over here, and you guys wanted it's in the quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to contaminate the rest of the beer on this block. It's got some diacetyl going on it. Yeah, so honey, yeah, right. buttery. Whoa, super buttery. <laughs> Whoa, which would indicate probably pedio. Oh so I yeah, bet you huh? it wasn't buttery to start with. Right. So it was. Short term entering, <laughs> no long term aging. Yeah. Do you have another beer, Mike, or? Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have other beer. I got a great American oh, brown ale. When's that show? <laughs> I'll, I'll bust that thing out. You'll love it. 
No, Mike is one of the finest brewers I know. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so uh, so we've gone through the uh, description and all that. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll go into uh, Mike's recipe on how he makes this, this great bad boy. We'll be right back after this. Coming this fall, four beer kits and a bag of sanitizer. That will be $4,000 for shipping. Never. I won't pay more than 20 bucks for shipping. Ha, ha, ha. You will not find a deal like that now. Northern Brewers' flat rate shipping promotion is finished. No. I'll never pay that much. Never. My patience wears thin, young home brewer. You must pay too much for shipping. <laughs> never fear. Northern Brewers here. Foolish Northern Brewer, your flat rate shipping promotion has ended. No, sir. Now we got $7.99 flat rate shipping all the time over here. Northern Brewer has all of your home brewing, wine, mead, cider, and soda making needs. And a complete line of award-winning beer kits, including the intergalactically boozy Bourbon Barrel Porter. <laughs> Still with cheap-ass shipping. Place an order at northernbrewer.com and get some flat rate $7.99 shipping action. Offer good and contiguous U.S. only. Some heavy and or bulky items are excluded, such as glass bottles, sacks of grain, bulk DME, and oak barrels. Take that, guy. $7.99 flat rate shipping. Ah, my retina! Retina? Damn near killed ya. Valley Brewing Company is Stockton's premier microbrewery and family restaurant in the heart of Stockton, California, just off the Miracle Mile. Brewmaster Steve Altamari crafts a full array of award-winning ales and specialty beers from their classic English mild London Tavern Ale to their Abbey Quadruple Decadence 12, and everything in between. And the best part is, Valley Brewing will soon be distributing their handcrafted beers so you don't have to visit California to try them. Check your local retailer in the coming months for fresh arrivals from California's Central Valley and get a taste of one of California's oldest brewing traditions. To find out more about Valley Brewing's historic past, their selection of beers, or family-friendly restaurant, visit them online at valleybrew.com or come on by and sample the beer at 157 West Adams Street in Stockton, California. Valley Brewing Company. With honesty and integrity, they offer great beer and a fun family atmosphere that you're going to love. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's yeah. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah. some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. Now, back to the Jameel Show. All right, we're back. We're talking about Dortmunder Export, which is um, a beer that has uh, a great, uh, you know, uh, malt presence. You know, good, good uh, German maltiness with a firm hot bitterness. Uh, you know, it, it's all about balance. Clean lager with a lot of balance. Uh, really good beer. And and Mike McDole Tasty, aka Tasty McDole makes one of the, the finest examples I've, I've ever had with this and it's interesting because uh you know his his recipe and my recipe are uh you know quite different in you know but you know his result is is awesome and uh mike for let's see here a 12 gallon batch with uh 65 percent brew house efficiency He's targeting a uh, OG of 1050, which is about 12.3 Play-Doh. 
give them an SRM of about 5 and about uh, 23 and a half IBUs. He is uh, going with uh, 48% Pilsner malt, which is about 12 pounds, uh, 16% uh, uh, of American two-row, about 4 pounds, 16% uh, German Munich malt, 4 pounds, uh, 8 level bond, and uh, 12% or 3 pounds of a flaked uh, soft white wheat, and 8% or 2 pounds of uh, Carapils dextrin malt. That's pretty interesting. That's, okay, that's now good. so 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 my recipe for this is uh, let's see here, uh, eight and a half pounds of uh, continental pilsner malt or three point eight five kilograms, and uh, four pounds one point eight one kilograms of Munich malt, and uh, melanoid malt uh, two ounces or fifty seven grams. Mash at one hundred fifty two degrees Fahrenheit. What what temperature do you mash this at, Mike? Uh, 151. I do a 145 uh, intermediate rest, though. For mm-hmm. a, one, a 145 and a 151? Yeah. How long at 145? About 15 minutes. Okay. And just ramp it up after there and then sit for another 30 minutes at 151? Yeah, about 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. Okay. And then uh, <clears throat> hopping, Mike's going with an uh, ounce and a half of Santiam pellets. Uh, 6% alpha acid, uh, 60 minutes in the boil. That's going to give you about 18.5 IBUs. It's all using the uh, Rager formula, which is the same formula I use. And uh, 4 ounces of Halitower whole hops, 4% alpha acid at 1 minute. Going to give you about uh, 5 IBUs. That's really a hop back. Is what I'm doing. Oh, it's hop back. Yeah, the right? ProMesh doesn't uh, have a uh-huh. hop back thing. but okay. It has about that contribution to the uh, to the bitterness. What I do is uh, I do hollow tower all the way through, ball pellets, uh, 4% alpha acid. At 60 minutes, I'm doing a 1.7 ounce or 48 gram uh, addition. I'm doing a 5-minute addition of a half ounce or 14 grams. And then I'm doing a 0-minute addition right at, at flame out of uh, a half ounce or 14 grams. Oh. And uh, uh, IBUs, on my end, I go to 29 IBUs. So I go a little more bolder on the IBUs. Uh, my original gravity is a little higher, though. So I got a 1055 starting gravity. Uh, McDowell's going with a 1050 gravity. So if you're going to up the gravity, what do you got to up, right? Got your IBUs, yeah. Yeah, you got to have a little more bitterness to balance. Balance beer, yeah. Right, because this is all about balance. And, again, the the description that uh, has been prominent in the past is kind of focused a little bit on, you know, being a minerally bitter beer, but... Um, you know, not so much. It's it's more about balance, if you ask me. It's firmly bitter, but it's you know it's balanced with with the rest of the beer. So it has an overall like a malty flavor to balance the bitterness uh-huh. As, uh-huh. all the way through as you're drinking it. For right. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. it should be malty and it should be bitter all the way through. Because hmm. the style guidelines to say it has a sweetness, and I'm just I was curious what what it meant by sweetness. I mean, you always talk about maltiness and sweetness, and there's a difference. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if Good it's point. saying that what is it's a touch of sweet, sweetness, but it's crisp, what is the sweetness? I'm, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a, there's a sweet flavor, and oh. what is that? All right, so on um, uh, a lot of strong Belgian beers, they can be extremely dry sure. but sweet. At the same time, you know what you know what I'm saying. Okay, so you're you're tasting a sweet sugar flavor, right? So, right. so there will be something that uh, you know finishes out at you know a 1.005 or 1.002, you know, two, three, or four, right? 
you know, and it's like nine uh, percent alcohol, and you know, bone dry in the finish, but it's got a sweetness, almost candy like right. that you taste in it, and that's from the sugar flavor that you produce in the mash. It's like a, it's just a it's a flavor you're getting from the mash, right? Okay, and, and that's the sweetness. Yeah, and you can get that sweetness, right? Okay. And that isn't malty, a really heavily malty beer, but it's sweet. Okay. And uh, and dry at the same time. You know, it's got a dry finish, you know, a light body and a sweetness. Right. Now you can also have something that's malty, right? Uh, yet uh, dry. Uh, how about a, a German Pilsner, like a Bitburger or something that's yeah, kind of like a, you know malty, malty right? But it's real got bitter, dry, bitter finish. But yeah, yeah, but it's real dry. Yeah, you know, and, and light and refreshing. So, you know, those are all three flavors that, and so for the, uh, for the Dortmunder, there is some sweetness in there, but, uh, it's got a fairly crisp finish from both from the, the, uh, fairly assertive bittering and from a, a fairly, uh, decent, uh, level of attenuation, uh, and then, uh, uh, is it water? It's too? got the, the 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 malty, bready kind of okay. Munich-y type of uh, malt character, right? Maltiness in there as well. Well, I see you're using melanoidin in yours, and you mm-hmm. you use that a lot in your light lagers, pilsners, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is that what you're talking about as far as a breadiness? Right. right uh, okay. Because right. mm-hmm. and you're kinda like a toasty, toasty. bready, yeah, and that really contributes to the style and right. Mm-hmm. And like we've talked before, the. Uh, you know the difference, uh, you know, in a in a piece of toast versus a piece of uh, you know piece of white bread, and then you toast it. Right. You've developed the melanoidins on the surface of that bread. Right. And uh, you know yeah. that's that's one form of melanoidins, and that's yeah. uh, that's the difference between to- toast and, and just bread. Now that's and now in toasting you're caramelizing sugar in the bread, right? So is the melanoidin contributing? Yeah, it's, it's actually different than caramelization. Melanoidin. Are you- uh, Formation is oh. actually different than that. Okay, but, but is, uh, is that contributing to a sweetness profile in this style? Uh, I, I imagine it could contribute to the impression of it. Okay, because uh, some melanoid formation can kind of accentuate the impression of caramel and things like that, hmm. and that in and of itself can trigger, uh, you know, your your mental um, uh, sensory memory. Yeah. To to think sweet, okay, as well. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good question. Wow. I mean, you could talk. You could do a whole show on that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I, I, I think and it's something you like to talk about a lot. I mean, you know, and I just that caught me off guard a little bit in that style guy. And I'm like, what? No, yeah, what, what yeah, is yeah. this? Is subjective here? You know, right, right. Know. Well, it, you know, that's just a good example of why you know the style guidelines. I, I think are just just awesome. I think that's you know really well done. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest pieces of uh, you know reference material we have oh, yeah. as as brewers and just you know beer drinkers. Yeah. And uh, but y- you really need to you know go through the style guides with you know some of those commercial examples in hand or with your book. Yeah, and, and, and the commercial examples <laughs> yeah. though are, sure, are sure. really yeah, and, and the book you know yeah. have some commercial examples in hand as you drink and read, yeah. and you know it it, it really helps. You know, focus what what the you know what the words mean as far as oh okay they're, you know they're talking about this but it's actually a little more subtle thing than you know I, I was thinking initially or it's you know it's actually bolder than I was thinking you know right because they're you know the they're trying to be as precise as possible but it's 
you know, it's impossible to convey perfection. You know, the, yeah. Exactly. This is interpretation. Exactly. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, today I was actually, I love the joy of homebrewing. I'm getting back to it, but today I was just like, all right, I'm going to write a Weizenbach recipe. Mm-hmm. So I prepped for the show, mm-hmm. and as I was doing, I was kind of daydreaming about like, oh, I could use these malts and these malts. Mm-hmm. And then then listen to you and Rodney talk about it. You know, you can kind of feed off of each other. And I just, I don't know, it's kind of fun, you know, because they don't tell you what to use. Mm-hmm. You just get to dream of what you want to use. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good way to go about it, yeah. too, I think. it's Again, I, I would do it with one of those beers in hand. Sure. You know, because I think that helps, uh, you know, key in. You go, we oh, can we have tasted taste this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a that's a good point. All right, so with the hops, let's see. Uh, so I need a halitar, and then uh, I go all halitar, because you want some hop aroma and flavor in in this beer. I think, and again, not over the top either. When I tasted uh, McDowell's uh, Great Dortmunder, I was tasting you know some you know a, a firm hop flavor, but not over the top. A, a firm hop aroma, but not over the top. No, it wasn't wasn't uh, like, excessive. I thought, not like a, a pilsner or a keller. Well, you know, the beer has a definite pilsner, you know, backbone. You can't you gotta let mm-hmm. that come through because mm-hmm. that's what you know. It's what it is, right? right. But um, there's a lot to do with mouthfeel in this beer. I think that if you you know um, make sure you develop a great a little bit uh, thicker mouthfeel in the beer, really gives it that export uh, sort of impact. Because it feels like a bigger beer, but even though it doesn't, it's really not like a strong beer. And this, so. this is why you're using the carapils and the wheat malt. The, well, you know the uh, the wheat, yeah, the gelatinite, the uh, wheat, flaked wheat, or flaked wheat. I'm looking mm-hmm. for a creaminess, a certain mouthfeel, mm-hmm. a good head retention, so that when you're you're drinking it, you're plowing through a, a bit of foam, you know, a little sure. bit of, you know, well, it tastes thick because you're you're quaffing this foam along with the beer. Mm-hmm. Now, does do you think that flaked? Wheat that you're using contributes to a sweetness profile. Well, I, like that's a, why I have it in there. Whether you know whether or, it does, I don't know. Huh. It's like uh, you know, it's a recipe that I've kind of stuck with, and it's served me well. And uh, well, I, th- I think that's a, a reasonable assumption. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely. Yeah, because you know, mine is it's pretty unconventional. I've got a significant amount of two row in there. You know. Like what's a two row doing in in a yeah in a, in a Dortmunder <laughs> export? Those poor people in Germany got to go like source some two row to make my beer right. Right. You know, it's like I'm being a little experimental there. I'm trying to get uh, you know a little bit more of a uh, like a malt flavor, sort of a I don't know um, body. I'm looking for body in that beer is what I'm looking for. Hmm. Balance with bitterness, right? Okay. And, you know, I'm basically I'm making the beer to, to win competitions and yeah. Long as the beer is in style or close to style and it, and it tastes good, you got a good chance. And the taste is is the big thing, I think. Good, clean, tasty beer. It's all about the taste. Of tasty, yeah. tasty, tasty, it's tasty. Tasty, tasty. Like, taste. like yes. testy, testy, but. <laughs> how's the testies? Testy, testy. How's the testies? Yeah, like, yes. Every time I'm on this show, you guys get into ball sacks and stuff. What's that about? <laughs> What is that about? That's a good I don't question. Know. That's, that's just the way <laughs> we roll around here. Yes, right? yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, if you guys see. behave yourself, I've got some of my uh, award-winning double IPA here. We could uh, sample. Oh, we won't behave ourselves. Yeah, but, don't feel bad uh, about pouring out an American Brown. I know there's something wrong. No, that's with actually good. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, for yeast, you're using uh, the White Labs WLP uh, 833 German Bach Lager yeast, which is the Eyinger strain, which is really. Uh, 
one of my favorite strains of yeast because uh, I love that Eyeing Air <laughs> Brewery. It's it's absolutely what they put out is tremendous. Right. And uh, what I'm using in this is uh, I go a little different. I went with the uh, White Labs WLP 830 German Lager or the mm. Y Yeast 2124 Bohemian Lager. Mm. If you're a dry yeast user, you can go with the Soft Lager S23. But uh, really, you, you do yourself a, a great service if you can get to one of the uh, using one of the uh, liquid yeasts from White Labs or Y yeast. That's that's really the, the spectacular products there. Like uh, I really love those. You know, and and it's interesting. I wonder if part of the difference between our recipes, you know, the, our grist bills have to do with our yeast choices. That's huh. a good question. Wow. <laughs> So what I might be getting out of my grain, you're getting out of your yeast, maybe. Or vice versa, yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this is getting heavy. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I've got Munich malt in there. I've got a little touch of melanoidin in there. And yeah. I think I think I, I may need that because that, that German Bach lager yeast, my impression of it gives you a, a, a bit maltier yeah. of, right. a, of a right. beer. And, you know, more malty character, more maltiness, more malty flavors. Yeah. Than the uh, the, Bach log- the German lager does, right? Which is tends to be a little more straightforward, a little crisper. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, my take on it was okay. Well, I need, even though this needs to be a multi balanced beer, I still need kind of a crisp finish. So I went that route, and then I added the melanoidin back. I think you've gone with the the yeast uh, that gives a maltier profile, and then you're going with a lower mash temperature. And uh, you're going with the pale malt, and you're going with the, you know kind of kind of crisp it up a little bit more. So I think it's it's an interesting uh, whether we got here by design That's or just cool. kind of through experimentation. I think you know we've we've uh, we're kind of taking two different approaches towards the same end result. And that's that's pretty neat. You know, I made this beer on Saturday, but next time I make it, I'll make your recipe. And, oh, cool! Uh, I should make yours. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's Pico. actually a really good idea. Yeah. Right. Do a side by side tasting. Yeah, yeah. So if you could make make yours uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, soon, and then because because I'll have mine, uh-huh. it's in the fermenter. Uh-huh. If you could do the same, then then we'll switch, and then we'll have bring them all together and uh, okay compare. Yeah, actually, I have uh, some German lager uh, hanging out at, at my house. Nice, nice. tubes. I've been wondering. What to do? Uh, yeah, that's actually a good idea. There you go. And I, and I think it's interesting that we're we're we've shown how you can go two different paths to <laughs> two you know really good beers. Yeah. Kind of interesting. All right. When we come back from the break, we'll we'll get into more of uh, this uh, philosophy of uh, recipe development and uh, answer some questions from the uh, chat room. We'll be back right after this. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP 001, Cal Ale, baby. 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal Common, WLP 810. It's going to be WLP 400 with beer. I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew your own clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. 
Can you imagine a world without liquid yeast or German Pilsner malt? No rinse sanitizer. East Kent Goldings. Neither can Northern Brewer. Since 1993, Northern Brewer has been dedicated to spreading the enjoyment of good brewing and good beer by bringing these and other products to homebrewers everywhere. They have a comprehensive selection of ingredients and equipment for making beer, mead, wine, cider, and soda with thousands of different items in stock. Everything you need in one place at a great price. Tech support and order advice from their expert and friendly staff is available by email or phone seven days a week. Fast and accurate shipping combined with their central location in Minnesota, USA. Means you never have to wait long for your order. Request a free full color catalog by calling toll free 1-800-681-2739 or visit them online at northernbrewer.com. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giant. Park. You're listening to the Brewing Network. This is the Jameel Show. Ho ho ho, happy holidays. We're back talking dork under exporting. A lot of dirt. <laughs> you can tell the beer Tasty McDowell has been plying us with uh, many fine beers. Brown ale, IPA, just, you know, Jesus, Pliny. Oh my God! And it, he's a saint. You just can't. You just can't say no either. It's like you know. He's like, oh, you want to try a little bit? Of this? And yeah. He's like, well, I'd be an idiot not to. Yeah. No peer pressure either. It's just like you want to. There's no peer pressure. Yeah. yeah. It's just like. There's like gut pressure. You know? <laughs> gut, right? There's Ooh. taste bud pressure. <laughs> the liver can sense it. It can just feel the the IPA. And I'm taste drinking buds my... are saying, "Hey, you know, hit me, hit me one more time, hit me in, hit me hard." All right, so we're talking about uh, Tasty McDowell and and, and my uh, Dortmunder uh, export recipes and how we've we've gone uh, through different. Uh, has to get towards uh, you know what, what we uh, consider a great Dortmunder. What about fermentation, uh, Mr. Tasty? What what do you uh, what do you do on fermentation on this? Well, let's see. I usually pitch uh, for my uh, eleven gallons that go into my fermenter. I pitch uh, about two and a half liters of starter, and uh, I uh, chill to fifty five, and then I uh, then I pitch and aerate. Keep it that you know fifty five for like about ninety percent of the ferment, 
and then I'll let it uh, either if it's warm in its, in its environment, I'll let it run up to wherever it wants to go. And if it's cold in its environment, I'll put heat to it and get it up to seventy, seventy-two, something like that. Mm-hmm. Wow! I, and I think uh, an important part of this. So my technique is I start out lower. I'll start out in the in the mid forties, and then uh, you know I'll, I'll let it go like that for a day or so. And then, uh, so the initial uh, reproduction is happening at a cold temperature, and then uh, that minimizes any uh, diastole production and uh, things like that. And then uh, I'll let it ramp up to 50 uh, throughout the course of uh, the rest of fermentation. And uh, I, I think one of the important things is keeping the initial part of the fermentation colder than the latter part of the fermentation. I think that makes a big difference in loggers. Yeah, whether you're starting uh, earlier, well, and it allows the uh, yeast to clean up. It gets them a little more active towards the end when they're starting to slow down. Makes them a little more hungry, let's say, and uh, you know they'll start to do cleaning up of a lot of those uh, intermediary compounds that are created uh, (laughs) during fermentation. Uh, if if you you know chill it down or you don't monitor your temperature, this is one of the things that uh, you know when people are uh, fermenting and they uh, they are measuring the air temperature around the fermenter. I think it's a big mistake, especially on something like a lager where you're using active chilling, because what happens is uh, you know through the course of fermentation, there's a point where the the beer is uh, active and it's warming itself up. The yeast is, is warming itself up and your fermentation is getting a little hotter using its own energy, right? Right. And it gets a little more active. And then it starts to slow down. And if you're, you know, going with a cold air temperature, it's going to drive that temperature down and sure. you're going to start to taper off in temperature. Sure. And that's a, the exact opposite of what you want. What, what you want yeah. is... Eat, you know, uh, for the temperature to ramp up towards the end or, you know, stay even towards the end, but definitely not drop down. When it drops down, the yeast start to drop out, they get lazy, they're, they're shutting down, they're going to sleep, uh, Tasty, uh, tells me. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and the problem is, they're not gonna, you know, d- take up all that dacetyl, the acetaldehyde, all those intermediary compounds that are created get left behind in your beer. Hmm. And it's not gonna be a clean lager. This is critical on lagers. So are you are you saying that by pitching cold, your yeast are acclimated to that environment? So as they go through fermentation process, and they're controlled that when you cool them back down, they can actually clean out their beer better. No, to, okay. No, I was trying to. F- but uh, <laughs> so there's a couple of things going on here. One is uh, by pitching cold and, and the initial reproduction sure. uh, under cold environment. One is there's less uh, precursors to things like dacetyl right. that are created. Right. The other is it kind of minimizes the amount of growth that you're getting in the beer. Uh, and uh, so that's one thing. And that's not really absolutely critical. But um, and they don't acclimate necessarily to it. But what's happening is the warmer temperatures definitely, you know, as you go, once you're passing and you warm up and they get, uh, you know, they get more active, you know, that is going to help reduce a lot of those compounds. Okay. So you really want a controlled ferment, uh, you know, regardless of what temperatures you're using. You know, if you if you have a, you know, temperature profile that you like to use, like, you know, John, you have a different profile sure. than, than Mike uses, than I use, you know, all three of us are doing different things. If you have a temperature profile that you want, that's great, but make sure it's controlled. 
I think all of us would agree, right? Yeah, to stick to yeah, you know, do, do, do something under control. Do yeah. something on purpose yeah, rather right, than at right, random. Right. You want a repeatable process yeah. at every stage. And then you can just deal with recipe issues or right. if your technique's flawed, then, then you correct that. But uh, Right. And then you can make adjustments to it. Right. But if you're just letting things happen at random in right. fermentation, you're you're in real trouble here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what happens at the end is the you know the yeast get more active. You're, you're warming it up, and uh, you know they're looking for a little last food, and they you know they'll pick up all those intermediary compounds and they'll reconvert it and use it and and uh, clean up the beer. And for lagers, I think that's really important, right. especially to get that crisp flavor you're talking about, especially with the style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah cleans the operative word there. You know, lagers are hard to make. I mean, some people think, well, I why do I want to make a lager? They're just simple little pilsner beers. No, they're harder to make than IPAs. I oh mean, yeah, because an IPA is a big, you know, There's big a lot malt to hide against big, big hops. Mm-hmm. This is this is small everything. It's hard to get this right. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And when you do, though, oh, <laughs> there's oh, <yes>. nothing. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's there's a reason sex. why why uh, you know a lot of a lot of uh, people drink lagers throughout the world. Oh, yeah. I've converted a lot of wine drinkers on this beer. Uh, I think Jonathan, you served us at some sort of. Roll out of some game or something. I gave you some of this beer to take to it, and uh, people went nuts over this beer. I don't remember, but yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I think it was they had some like craft beers there, and then people. It was that uh, rolled out of that game, uh, Brewmaster. Uh, yeah, the, maybe the, or the set was it the sex no, it was game, the or trivia or? game, wasn't it? Trivia game, beer yeah, trivia yeah, game. Yeah, 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 we're at the uh, someplace in the city, an art gallery or something like that. Oh yeah, that was. Um, I know what you're talking about. That was that beer. Yeah, it was yeah. when I brewed there. So it's a real tasty Sex beer. Game. It can be a real tasty beer that appeals to, you know, Budweiser drinkers as well as people that think they're uh, they're into craft. Hmm. Well, well, I'm. This kind of segues into a question I had for you both. I mean, you both talked about um, you have a higher mash temperature, or you have higher mash. Te- you have a lower mash temperature, I different have a yeast strength. temperature. Okay, but how does the yeast attenuation affect? The maltiness or the sweetness profile in a beer like this. I mean, you're using an, a German lager strain. He's using the German box strain, which mm-hmm. tends to be more maltier. Mm-hmm. I mean, does the yeast, how it ferments, how much sugar does it consume? Well, th- I mean, that's part of it. But uh, I think the Eyinger strain, I, I think, tends to uh, leave a maltier flavor. Okay. Not necessarily maltier sweetness. I, I do think it att- attenuates a slight bit less than the... Uh, uh, German lager, Bohemian lager. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure of that, but I, I believe those two uh, attenuate a t- a just a touch more than the uh, Eyinger strain or the uh, German Bach lager yeast. Now I've I've used Bach myself, and I've never I don't get much sulfur production from that yeast. Very very minimal. It, it attenuates out. It's very mm-hmm. dry, mm-hmm. malty. You know, does the 830 strain the German lager? Does it produce some sulfur notes that you want with the style? Well, all, all lager yeast will produce some sulfur. Okay. You get some sulfur out of all of them. And it depends a lot on how much you pitch, the temperature, you know, a lot of the environmental variables hmm. uh, will we'll affect that as well. Do you, do you get less sulfur production pitching cold? Like you're, what you're doing, 46, 48? Well, it depends on what part of the process. I, I actually, I think you get more the colder you go. Okay. And, uh, you know, and it's not until you get active that you really, you know, drive it off and then it seems real sulfury. Hmm. So, yeah, but, but an important thing is, as far as sulfur goes, that, that fermentation needs to get active to drive off the sulfur. If that doesn't happen, it's going to stay in the beer. Okay. Seems so. Healthy ferment. Okay. Yeah. Justin, you got a question from the chat room? Yes, we do. A couple questions came through. Um, 
Do you guys just mention a temperature ramp up at the end of fermentation there? Uh-huh. The diacetyl rest, is that what you, you were doing there? <laughs> good, good job paying attention to what we're talking about. Basically, yeah. Exactly What's the right. timing on that? Is the, uh, someone in the, chat, uh, in the chat asked. So it's not necessarily a diacetyl rest. Uh, you can do a diacetyl rest, but I think if you, if, you, if you manage your fermentation right, you don't need a diacetyl rest. So you start out colder during the first third of fermentation. And then you let it warm up during the latter two-thirds of fermentation. So I start out, you know, at uh, 44 degrees Fahrenheit. I let it ramp up to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And then I let it just go until it's done. Mm-hmm. And there's no actual diacetyl rest because the initial colder temperatures hold down the precursors that uh, form diacetyl. Okay. So you end up with a clean beer that way. Okay. Uh, someone had asked earlier if... Um you could do or would recommend doing a decoction for this beer, decoction mash. You know, I found that uh, you could do a decoction, certainly. You can do a decoction on any beer you want. I don't think it's worth it. I'd rather just throw in two ounces of melanoid and be done with it. Okay. So it wouldn't necessarily lend anything to this beer to do it? Uh, you know, some people would say it would. Okay. Uh, I haven't found it. It's really uh, consistently worth it. Okay. And then some questions about the differences in Pilsner malts. Uh, difference between regular Pilsner malt and Turbo Pils. Uh, turbo Pils is, uh, you know, uh, Durst makes a Turbo Pils and a Pilsner malt, and I've tried both. And uh, I I think the Turbo Pils is great. It, it converts more quickly is essentially that. I think there are some small differences in the spec, but it, it just converts like uh, nobody's business. So. Like in 10 minutes or 5 minutes or something? Yeah, it's like it hits the water, it's converted. <laughs> Whoa. It's, uh, Sparge, yeah, it go. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like that when I was so 17. In, <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this show's gone on the crapper. Um, no. So, uh, you know, in a production brewery, saving, uh, you know, 30 minutes or so is huge. Yeah. You know, uh, getting the equipment free to do another batch is huge. For, uh, you know, uh, individuals, I don't think it, it's necessary. But uh, I've won plenty of awards with the turbo, turbo pills, and I, I see no problem with it. Okay. And then how about the difference between uh, Belgian pills and German pills? Okay, the Belgian pills <laughs> comes from... Belgium, <laughs> and the German pills comes from Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, you know, side by side, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a fair difference, I would think, between the two. I I, I think you can go interchangeably. It's nice to use uh, the German pills for the German styles and the Belgian pills for the Belgian styles. Uh, what would you say, Tasty? Well, you know, on the German pills, and I'm making this Belgian pale ale, and I'm trying like alternating with uh, each of those two malts and. Uh, I'm finding with the German pills, it's a little edgier, a little, uh, has a sharper, crisper malt profile. The Belgian's much softer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it depends what you're trying to do. If you're looking for, like, you know, classic German Pilsner with a sharp, you know, sort of back end that's almost, it's ahead of the hops, you stay with the German malts. But if you want to do something a little softer, mm-hmm. even in your German beers, like this Dortmunder, I think, uh, that, uh, that we're talking about here, you know, could benefit from, like, say, half Belgian, Pilsner and half German Pilsner. Yeah, blend. mix it up a bit. Too. Yeah, blend them. Why yeah. not? Fifty-fifty sure. or something. Cool. And that's all I had from the chat tonight. It's all cool. yours. All right. So we wrap this thing up. Yeah. Recipe. All right. Recipe. So I got two two recipes to wrap here. Woo. First is uh, Tasty McDowell's uh, award-winning uh, Dortmunder export. Three time. 
three-time award-winning, although I think twice he had to add uh, fruit extract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call it a fruit pair. Right. <laughs> uh, for 12-gallon 12, 12 batch. Those were just judging ears. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought it was a better Dortmunder than I thought it was a fruit pair, but yeah. that's just me. Uh, starting gravity, 1050, 5 SRM, shooting around, uh, 23 and a half IBU, 65% efficiency. He's going with, uh, 48% Pilsner malt, uh, 16% pale two row, American two row, a uh, 16% Munich malt, 12% flaked, uh, wheat, and, uh, 8% Carapils, uh, dextrin malt. Goes with, uh, an ounce and a half of Santium pellets, 6% alpha acid, uh, for 60 minutes. And four ounces of Halitower whole hops, 4% alpha acid at uh, one minute. And then ferments with the uh, WLP 833 German Bach Lager yeast and goes uh, at a, a temperature of 55 degrees Fahrenheit and then uh, lets that ramp up towards the end and uh, get to a higher uh, finishing temperature. Uh, the recipe that I'm, I'm kicking out here is uh, 1055. Uh, 29 IBU, 6 SRM, and, uh, I go with, uh, 8.5 pounds or 3.85 kilograms of, uh, Continental Pilsner malt, and, uh, 4 pounds, 1.81 kilograms Munich malt, and 2 ounces, 57 grams of Melanoid malt, uh, mashed at 152 degrees Fahrenheit. On Mike's, you mash that at 151, or first at 145 for 15 minutes, and then up to 151. And uh, then you're going to boil these uh, for 90 minutes. You want to have a 90-minute boil to drive off uh, that DMS precursor, SMO, and uh, avoid DMS in your beer. And let's see. For hops, I had uh, Halitower 4% alpha acid pellets. Uh, I have a 60-minute edition of 1.7 ounce or 48 grams. I have a 5-minute edition of a half ounce or 14 grams. And the same for 0 minutes, a half ounce, 14 grams. I ferment with the uh, WLP 830 German Lager yeast or the Y-Yeast 2124 Bohemian Lager. If you're a dry yeast user, uh, go with the Fermentus Soft Lager S23. It's going to take 21 grams of a properly dehydrated or rehydrated uh, dry yeast or four liquid yeast packages or you're going to have to make a starter. I like to ferment mine, uh, start out cold uh, around the mid-40s, go up to 50 degrees Fahrenheit or 10 degrees C, ferment that thing out, uh, Make a killer uh, Dortmunder export. I think either way you go, uh, you know, I've had Mike's, uh, you know, I've drank it quite a bit, and I think it's uh, really good. So I, I, I think uh, you ought to go with that recipe or you know, go with the recipe from the uh, Brewing Classic Styles book, which you can pick up at your local retailer. Uh, <laughs> buy 10 copies soon. Bookstore near you. <laughs> hey, someone bought theirs at the Barnes & Noble. I didn't know you were oh, at, like, sweet. I didn't know you were at real stores. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's cool. Isn't that cool? Are you well, and, you know, really my cool. my my youngest daughter. She really loves cooking, and she's taken like Chef Camp and all this stuff, and she's really into that. And she watches like Iron Chef and Alton Brown and uh, uh, you know Rachel Ray and Anthony Bourdain and you know, all this stuff, right? So on Amazon, if you go in there, they have like lists of like beer books, but they also have like cooking books. And if you go in the list of cooking books. The Brewing Classic style shows up in the list of cooking books. Oh, really? And I'm like ahead of Alton Brown. I'm like, 
look, look, I'm ahead of Elmer. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, ooh, cool. You know, wow. my that daddy. Means, that means a lot. You've arrived when your kids think you got creds, you know? That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's cool, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, book, book sales are doing, uh, doing wild. They're, they're, they're great. You're the, really, you're really the BA's new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and John, we're going to revolutionize the world. Yeah. Yeah. I like to see it. Wait for the next ten books. <laughs> yeah, it's a set. Is that what How you're under contract for? <laughs> yeah, half our novels. Yeah, the yeah, devil apparently not. wants your soul. I yeah. didn't know that before I started this. Uh-huh. The life of Jamil Zinashev. Now yeah. I will read uh, classic styles because I actually, in fact, I don't think I've brewed a non-Jamil recipe for uh, several batches. I, I use your recipes all the time. Now, see, this is not but, a uh, good endorsement here. But uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> But the only other book I think I would read of yours is if it was like a Your Life book, because you are such a freaky nutshell of a dude <laughs> inside there that I'm telling you, that book I would certainly read. Yeah, he knows some of the private stories. Yeah, yeah. What, what, like what happened before he was 25 and oh, stuff like that. He's, he's, a, he's a wild man. Wild man. Oh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. My life in the in the monastery was really uh, very controlled. <laughs> Vow of silence, all that stuff. Hence Pope Jamil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. We got that vow, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! Uh, great show. I think, uh, show, I think yeah. uh, you know, people could go with the show and learn to make a great uh, Dortmund race. Oh, they're yeah. great beers. <laughs> Try them. You'll like them. Drink them. Yeah. yeah. All right. So so go ahead. Hit that, hit that uh, outro. Are we going to do what? Oh, two weeks in a row I've messed that up now. <laughs> it's okay. Cue the band. Is it doing that to me? Double click. There you go. All right. All right, sweet. All right, so next uh, show, if you're listening to this on Archives, is going to be the Feisenbach show with uh, Rodney uh, and the other long shot winner, and it's a great show. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, listen live in about a month. And uh, we'll be back with uh, shows. They're on the, on the Brewing Network site. Click on all the uh, various things that might uh, drive money to the Brewing uh, Network, including uh, the BYO ads. Uh, get yourself a subscription to uh, Brew Your Own. I write a, a monthly style profile column in that. It's, uh, I think, uh, good stuff. And the rest of the magazine's great. So, uh, anyways, we'll see you in uh, a few weeks. Cheers. Bruce Trump. Good night. Good night.